0: i are not kind of chivalry, coded.
1: Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rupalp's Padres, the Queer Star Wars Podcast. Welcome to our discussion of the sixth episode of The Mandalorian Season 3, Guns for Hire. My name is Jess, my pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at kawaii jessio. And my gender this week is Uncle Fester betrays Lizzo and Jack Black. I also like
0: his that that you went looking for his most iconic role, you went with Uncle Fester. No,
1: because, (laughs) sorry, last night I saw, you know, Christopher Lloyd, and then at first I didn't, like, realize that was Christopher Lloyd, and my brain was like, damn, this man sounds like Uncle Fester from the Addams Family. So true.
2: I'm Noah, my pronouns are he, him. And you can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. And my agenda this week is Din Djarin's Commander Cody Era because he spent half the episode kicking droids. And that reminded me of
3: him. <laughs> so <laughs> true. Why no, gay people do that? I
0: think a lot about in the Clone Wars movie when Cody beats the fuck out of some droids. No, because I know he's Din would up. be obsessed with that. He would be like, that's my... He would be like, he's kind... Din Djarin, if he knew who Cody was, he'd be like, "That he's kind of father."
2: Didn't okay, no, be because you're stand. not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I think that he would, like, see video footage of that and, like, as a child and be like, this is my hero. I have to be like
0: him. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Kalpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is... Because Dick's Nation is under fire.
2: I was so fucking confused for a second.
0: I'll have you know I also have to go go on youtube.com.edu and search up World War One sounds for that. (laughs) It's this is basically World War Three, so I think that's appropriate. Yeah, and also the video I chose to for that sound effect is a sound effect is called 32 Minutes of Soothing, Relaxing, Meditating World War One Sounds for
3: Studying and Thinking. That's what Din used. For to, thinking. That, that's what that's the kind of lo-fi beats that Din puts on, on from YouTube. <laughs> my
0: name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh the ph and my agenda this week is acts Richard Nixon woves and the reason for that is because there is a scene where when we first hear his voice where he says I am not a criminal and it reminded me so much of I am not a crook which is <laughs> Richard Nixon core if you're too young to know what that is so are we but I'm educated so you should <laughs> Google, look it up Google Richard Nixon rule 34
1: <laughs> oh
3: Hi, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Um, today, my gender is Lizzo in the Epcot ball because if you've been to a Disney park, Disney World specifically, and you've been on any of their little rides where they explain how Walt Disney wanted to create this little future town, I was watching it the whole time and I was like, that's just the Walt Disney town. I forget what the fuck it's called. As And as someone who... Got stuck on the ride that goes inside the Epcot ball because of a tropical storm in 2008. Um, I heard the story about that oh, town shit. and Walt Wait. Disney's plans for it like several times. Hold on, yeah, I- Claudia.
0: Were you during the tropical? What tropical? Do you remember what tropical storm?
3: Uh-huh. I was in Disney World stuck in the Epcot ball during tropical storm Fay. Um, okay.
0: No, because you know what's so fucked up? I was also at Disney World with my dad during that tropical storm. what
3: the fuck i got i got stuck on three things i got stuck on the monorail the epcot ball and the test track ride so we we could have been ship. ollie and i ships passing in the night i was really we're in our sliding doors era gwyneth paltrow hurry we need you anyway so when they were on that little monorail i was thinking about They were very, my grandparents and I being stuck on the monorail during Tropical Storm Fae coded uh, me being Grogu in that scene. (laughs) Um, I just, I really identified with it. And anytime I saw Lizzo, I was like, the epcot ball (laughs) i was like she's inside i know it was a reference to mandalore i know it was she's the duchess she was dressed like sateen it's a neutral world he got the clone wars he got the the domes that we all thought were mandalore i know i know but to me it was epcot so Um,
0: to talk about the episode a little bit i feel so bad for all of the Mandalorian girlies, like all the Mandalore fans who saw that and were like, are we going to get a flashback to Mandalore with the domes? And then they were like, no, it's just where Lizzo and Jack Black live. Like, shit, I was excited to see it, but I was like, in my heart of hearts, I was like, I feel pain for those people. I feel pain for people who are really excited to see a flashback to good old green
3: Mandalore, me included. I will say it did make me laugh because there is nothing funnier than people who build up expectations for themselves for media and then they're they're upset that it didn't follow their expectations and wow that 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 describes all of star wars that being said i i would have been very excited with that as well um i thought it was funny um i think this episode was camp the haters can go away i think it was camp i think it was exactly what star wars needs to be which is is stupid and silly and fun and includes Lizzo in it. I, I like what else do you want? Like what else do you want? You What else do you want? You got a lesbian. You got Bo-Katan beating the shit out of a man holding a sword. You got Dinjarin being sexy slay. He's just he's being he's being sassy. He's standing like a slut. He's tra- he's translating. He's being an ambassador. He's in his slay era. Stop calling him a himbo. He's like he's doing so many. He's doing so many things. You have Lizzo again. You also have Jack Black. Um, you you know, it's basically got the vibes of like a very stupid season three Clone Wars app. Like, what else do you want? Like, what what else do you want? Um,
2: okay, two things. One, re people who setting themselves up expectations wise, I would just like to say that I am now in that camp because you'll note that two characters that we joked about appearing on this show for literal months have now both appeared. The clock is running down for a Cobb Pants appearance in The Mandalorian. No, no, I cannot to, believe to, I'm like begging for them to go back to Tatooine, but I'm like, please, Mother of God, I need to see the Sand Planet.
3: To, to, be, to be fair, I felt the same way about Sabine Maren. I was like, God, I, come on, man. I want to see Sabine. So I, I understand. I understand completely. And
2: um, yes, I don't. but also, like, re. Like, what do I want? What more do I want out of the show? I would love a cohesive identity, a narrative. Um, I would be... <laughs> I'm being an asshole. I'm sorry. I will try not to be an asshole about that.
3: It's okay to disagree. And I will be disagreeing with, with you.
2: Claudia, can we get in a very public fight on the internet? Yeah, no, I think <laughs> we, have we should. beef.
3: Okay. It, okay, but here's, like, us disagreeing about episode is fine. Like, we don't all have to agree. It's okay. Did you know that? It's okay. I have black,
0: my therapist tells me I have this thing called black and white thinking, so it's not okay <laughs> for me. <laughs> guys, guys, we live in the marketplace of ide- ideals ideas. Yeah, the marketplace the of ideas. Marketplace of
3: ideals, yeah. yeah <laughs> Elon Musk worked really hard so we could be in the uh, marketplace of ideas. Here's the problem. Here's my issue. When I have to defend this show or the writing in it, it's I, I hate myself that I have to because, number one, shout out to the WGA writers' strike. The fact that like we don't have writers' rooms for shows anymore and it's like one dude, even on The Mandalorian, drives me up the wall and makes me want to beat my head against the wall. And number two, I don't like defending Michael Mouse. However, in this case, I have to disagree with Noah and that people are like, what's the plot or what, like what's the, what's the point of this season or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, the plot, this, this episode resolved a very big plot point, which is the fuck's fuck hap- Fuck's going to happen with the dark saber. Let's, let's tie that one up. Let's, let's figure that one out. I also thought that them resolving that in a, the funniest technicality way possible was hilarious. And then the second thing is like, w- what identity does this season have? I said it before. I was like, it's more character and world building, but like, is there, what identity does it have for Din? I'm like, now it's about him figuring out what does his culture mean? What does he want to preserve? And participating in that and also like establishing a home for his family and culture. Like he has retained, he has saved his family, Grogu, his covert, whatever. Now it's, I have to protect it and establish it, whatever. So, and what does that, that entails following around Bo. Like I see both of the arguments
0: here. And I think that the thing that I would pause it is that I actually really enjoyed this episode as an episode. Um, I liked a lot of the ideas in it. I think the problem that I have is it felt like it should have been two episodes because I would have really liked to see them get a little bit more in-depth with, like, the conversation with the Mandalorians, like, with Axe Wolves, like, with Cosca Reeves. First of all, shout out to my homegirl Mercedes, who just completely lied and said Cosca Reeves was not going to be in season three of The Mandalorian, like, multiple times. And then she was like, actually, yeah. Good for but, um, her.
2: Honestly, good for her. Now, we
0: need more women who lie. Yeah, but she pulled um, <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield. Exactly. She- And she is doing it. She is doing it cuntier than he is. I'm sorry. Anyway, but as I was saying, I liked the idea a lot of like what was happening here. Um, and I really liked the direction. I loved like a lot of things about this episode, but I think that it suffers in the fact that there are only eight episodes. So we can't afford to be precious with our time. We can't, it it really sucks because it almost devalues these more fun, you know, um, not necessarily carefree, but these fun, more like low stakes episodes is it's like, I love that. Those were like my favorite episodes of Rebels and my favorite episodes of the Clone Wars. Like one of my favorite episodes of Rebels is where Ezra and Zeb are going to get them a Luron and then they accidentally steal a TIE fighter. Like it's one of the, my, or like the one where, sorry, I know there's a commonality, but the one where Zeb and Chopper and AP5 are like at the base, just kind of like fucking around. And then they're like, oh, there's a fucked up evil droid here where it's like, it's a low stakes fun episode I love those and I really would have loved this if we had maybe 12 episodes in the season so it could be like Bo and Din are allowed to have a fun little moment and then have it be plot relevant as well but like not have me feel like oh we just wasted all this time because we have shit to do like we need to get to a resolution and I'm worried now that it's not going to be satisfying because we have two episodes to wrap up a bunch of stuff So it's not to say anything about the quality of this episode, just that I think that the way that Disney Plus specifically and a lot of streaming models their television makes these kind of episodes really challenging to enjoy for a lot of viewers. I still really liked it, but I,
3: yeah. When I said uh, it, I think I said this on Twitter, I was like, oh, this really felt like a silly Clone Wars episode. If this had been a silly Clone Wars episode, it would have been like a fun little two-parter or maybe even a three-parter, that kind of thing. Um, it was clearly written that like Dave Filoni did Dave Filoni write this one? Like, I, it, no, it, this was a John episode. Oh, this was a John. Okay. Uh, oh, I feel that, that was so mean. Uh, I'm sorry, but but like it definitely like if this was in any of the animated shows, this would have been like a fun little two parter. Instead, they had to shove it into one one episode. So like anyway, anyway, shout out to animation.
2: I just yeah, I think that Ollie really like sort of nailed the my frustration with it and for me personally at least like I appreciate those like fun little character stints but my frustration at the pacing of this narrative really overshadowed a lot of the things that I would have enjoyed about it although just because like I don't know I feel like last episode we left off with this whole like okay Bo-Katan is gonna go off and sort of like try to unite other Mandalorians around this common identity that they all share, which is a really cool, interesting thing to explore. And then we spent no less than 90% of this episode chasing down droids, which like, sure, is fun. Is it relevant to the concept of the plot that they've set up? I didn't really think so. And like, I don't know. I'm not good at, in, I, don't, I don't like the word filler episode because that's not what this is. I don't like when they set up a, a, a concept for a plot that I find very interesting and veer quite far off from that for a hot second, especially in like Ollie was saying in these really short seasons where it's like, we don't have a lot of time and it just, it just felt weird, especially cause like then by the end, when we're getting into the whole, like this slayful fight between Axe and bow, and this question of like, who really deserves to have the dark saber, who really deserves to rule over this little army and get this fleet. It's like that had, what, eight minutes devoted to it out of, like, a 45-minute episode. That just felt really weird because I'm, like, as fun as it is to hang out with with Lizzo and Jack Black, ultimately, to me at least, that's not really, like, the sticking point of the show. That's not why I personally watch it. So I don't know. It was fun, but its position in the narrative and its position in the season overall made it more frustration than entertainment for me personally. That said, that said... It was one of the most directorially competent episodes of the season. Go Bryce Ellis Howard. That was very slateful. Like, it was a very well-made episode.
3: I agree
0: with it being well-made. I think, like, notice, like, the color grading is definitely the best. And that is, like, yes. I could I don't, see. Like, I could see the whole time no, also. And even in the scenes where it was, like, dark, like, when they were in those kind of, like, alleyways and when it was nighttime, it was still lit well everyone else was, taken.
2: Out. i'm sorry i'm sorry to interrupt but like there was like a scene where uh when they like take down the first like battle droid, right, and it's like they're like in this like neon cityscape and like it just was a beautiful shot like din's armor under like all these neon lights it was like that was really cool like that looked really awesome
0: i will also say something about what you said noah reminds me what another thing i really liked about this episode was that it had a lot of like world building aspects like we kind of learned about like how Jack Black used to be an Imperial and then went through this program and now is like, actually, I have my my sleigh girl boss wife Lizzo, and now I'm like ruling this place and I've brought a lot of change to it and it's like, it's like that and like the episode with Pershing, like we're getting a lot of sort of world building and we got that whole scene with the droids of like what happens to the droids after the Clone Wars or the ones who serve the Empire like it's a lot of really interesting world building. So it's hard because I'm like, I really like that. Don't quite know what is doing here right now. Like, I loved the whole interaction, like, with the bartender where um Din was like, fuck you. And he was like, actually, I'm actually kind of cool. And also, I just want to protect my homies. And, like, I loved that. I really loved, like, Din and Bo's, like, interactions throughout this episode. Like, there was so much I really liked. I think it was just, like the whiplash of having this really fun, upbeat, like, quote-unquote, low-stakes episode, it was just a shame that we had to tail-end it with, like like Noah said, like, those, like, five minutes of the actual Mandalorian identity after that was what was set up the week before. I just think it's... It kind of reminds me of season one of The Bad Batch, where they were going through all of these really, like, intense things, and we had that really crazy, like, mid-season episode, and then, like, this episode before the finale was Sid being like we have to go into the ground to go get some treasure like it's like what why would you put that at the sorry this is more about the bad batches is not how I feel about this but it's like why would you put that so close to your finale when you know people are like really raring to get into the plot like I feel like if this episode had happened a little earlier on again if we have more episodes then I would be having way more fun and I still had fun I have to clarify once again
3: Well, what it it set up was an episodic premise. Like, people were saying, oh, we don't have a plot anymore, whatever, because in the first two seasons, it was like, get the baby to the Jedi, right? And then we had other stuff going on. And then we're like, "Uh uh-oh, Din's having his little moment. And now it took almost the whole season for us to get to Din and Bo's excellent adventure, which would be really funny if then we had an... Twelve more episodes for Din and Bo's excellent adventure, where it's much like when Din was by himself. He goes to do a thing, and then everyone's like, "Hey, can you help me with this one thing?" And he's like, "Oh, fine." It's very, very funny if it it just becomes Din and Bo doing that so that they can meet various Mandalorians along the way. That would be very funny. Um, that would be very fun. But instead, it was at the end of an eight episode season, so you're like, "Ah!" And the, the thing you were saying about the world building. The fact that they were like, oh, yeah, like, people still have separatist ideals, whatever. I was like, let's talk about... They also did that in The Bad Batch this season. No, I don't want to talk about that. Um, But, like, they like, people still have separatist But you know what it re- did remind me of? And I- I'm going to sound like a fucking broken record. Star Wars Resistance. Sh- sh- if, if, if you want, like, world building in the sequel era... Well, because Star Wars Resistance is in the actual sequel era. This is only five years after Return of the Jedi. But if you want this kind of, like, world building... Um, uh, watch Star Wars. Re- watch Star Resistance. Stand Star Wars Resistance, if you, because uh, it was. It really was. It really was cooking here. Um, and I do. I do love the like the idea of like yeah, the Clone Wars like did have like a big impact. Um, but also you can name drop Dooku, but not Satine. Come on, it's misogyny at this point. No, that was so funny. When I was like, when they were like, yeah, oh my god, Dooku. I was like, oh, oh my god, that's real.
0: Avaros master. They're talking about.
2: Craig Duku mentioned in the year of our Lord 2023.
1: I think that was really
2: hard at that. Yeah. No, that was that was that was a moment. I don't know. I I think it's fun. I just I found the question posed by the early part of this season about like what does it mean to be a Mandalorian, who counts and who doesn't, and why? What is the point of this? How do we rally behind this to be? Really a fascinating question. And we're eight episodes into the season. And every episode's like, what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? question mark. And then they they really do nothing with that question, except for like for 15 seconds this episode when Bo was like, Djarin is a Mandalorian because he chose to walk the way he's he, you know, he was like born into this, like he's just Mandalorian as the rest of us. And I was like, okay, sweet, that's really awesome. But like, and what? What does that mean for them rallying around each other? What are the cultural divides they experience? How and why do they deal with that? We're eight episodes in, and we're now looking at Lizzo's NFT dress instead of like exploring this really interesting thematic question. I don't know; it just it bothers me.
0: Yeah, I, I and I get that. I think the thing that's been somewhat frustrating about this season, I don't particularly mind it, just because. I've got a terrible feeling that this show is going to is going to continue way past the point of it being fun. Um, Is that like, they're, they're taking this, they, they're struggling to like find a true tone because like the first season of the Mandalorian, there was stuff of like it being like, Oh, gritty man softened by the love of a child. And then season two was like, it was never like the most gritty, but like you know how they they marketed this show to be a little bit more like, oh, he's a badass, and then maybe it is here. The, in, the,
3: in the first season, though, he they do have Jawas being like, egg. And him no, getting no, no. thrown off. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. There's goofiness.
0: Like, don't get me wrong. However, I just think that there is like this this thing because it is a Disney property where it has to be marketable to all audiences. Like, we have, like, you know, for the the six-year-olds who are like, Grogu is my best friend. He is the only thing that matters to me in the entire universe. There has to be fun little Grogu moments where he helps Lizzo do good in the sport. Um, <laughs> um But at the same Which time, also... Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Lizzo being in this episode... Guys, I'm going to say something so controversial. Hold your asses. I had more fun with that than Axe Wolves being in the episode. There, I said it. Holy shit! No, because now, guys, now the truth is about to come out that Mel doesn't actually give a fuck about Axe Wolves. Like, you give a fuck about Axe Wolves because he was an unknown variable, and now that we know things about him, we're like, whatever, I don't really care that much. No, literally, the second he was spewing out blood, quantum bullshit, I was like, you mean nothing to me. You are dead to me, you dumb piece of shit. Um... There's that. still time for an axe redemption arc. That's what who actually needs a redemption arc, guys. Yeah, what so true, so true. <laughs> axe educates himself. He's like, actually, guys, that was really reductive and harmful. Yeah, for saying for being weirdly xenophobic, you need to be redeemed. So true. But he can do it. I believe he's a he's <laughs> he's gonna do he's the work, guys.
3: What Mel was saying. What Mel was saying about how like Because it's a Disney property It has to market itself to a lot of things My god I could talk about that for like ever Um, And with the Mandalorian It's like what do we want to be What's very interesting to me is like The Mandalorian was like It wasn't just the first Star Wars show. It was also, like, first Star Wars show on Disney+. Plus. It was, like, also one of the first Disney Plus originals. And now, like, they have Marvel shows for every niche. They have Star Wars shows for every niche. Like, there's stuff going to be stuff for kids now. And then there's Andor that's the more grown-up show. And there's whatever. And the Mandalorian is, like, stuck for everybody. Um, And what I will say is, and this is a shout-out to our Mandalorian lore besties. That's Julia. That's Synovia, whatever. I will say, I think Noah, you also said this about how like they refuse to actually explore the they just throw it out and then they refuse to actually explore it. Like in the Clone Wars, they had what the fuck was that guy's name? Alaric? Whatever the Ulrich. Oh, Alric. Alric. When he says that racist thing about Django Fett, which is very similar about what, what Axe will have said about Din, um, which is also interesting because canonically, uh, Django Fett is also a foundling. Um like, th- there were always a lot of things in Mandalorian lore in canon, just the canon lore, that were, like, lots to unpack here. We have never unpacked it. And that's why people were interested in the Mandalorian, because they were like, oh, like, let's get let's get into it. Let's, let's get into it. Because in Legends, it's kind of all over the place. But in canon, like, we only have little scraps. Let's put the scraps together. And instead, in the Mandalorian, they were like, we've put, like, two scraps together, and then we've added a couple more scraps. And then we're just kind of pushing the scraps at you, and we're not really... I mean, delving into that. Like, we're delving into, like, some interesting ideas, but we're not delving it. like, we're delving into, we're not really, we're not really doing anything with it. From a Mandalorian lore perspective, it's very much like, all right, let's get to it. I think that's also part of the reason why people are frustrated when they won't, like, mention Satine also, because it's like, when we're talking about, oh, like, Bo's like, yeah, like, the Mandalorians were always fighting each other, and we we, we can't do that anymore. We're like, uh-huh. And there, there was somebody who, that was her whole ideology. Like, are, are we going to? you know, talk about it. Like, it's not just from a please mention my glove shitto kind of idea. <laughs> In addition to what
0: Claudia was saying, I think we also have to remember that not everyone is deep into the shits who is watching this show. So, like, there is going to be a lot of, like, just, like, very foundational, very basic, like, oh, this is st- stuff about Mandalore. And, like, I totally get that it's frustrating that they're talking about these themes and then not really, like, going back to them. Um, And I think that's something specifically frustrating about this season because Din, um, is kind of playing second fiddle to Bo right now, um, which, like, I don't think is a bad thing. Once again, as, as I've said before, I really want a show that's less about, like, a character and more about, like, the creed of Mandalorians or, like, about Mandalorians, um, so, like, I'm not frustrated with that at all. Also, Din still does serve some part in the narrative. I think that there's like a really cool way that Din and Bo Katan are interacting with wh- one another and like working as a team. Um, that is like, I don't know, creating balance and in something interesting to what Mandalorians could be.
1: I mean, we've talked about this before like, how maybe the. This- the story and everything would be a bit better if they had a more diverse writer, writer's room because really honestly it is just like Jon Favreau and then once in a while like Dave and maybe like someone else but it's just like mm, that writer's room writer's room more like white writer's room I'm sorry but I. just
0: you're so right. And I think the other thing, too, is when you have all of these fabulous directors who are like women and people of color, it's like, why are the. the um, I know that these directors could really elevate some material if it was written by someone who. Was maybe God even just someone other than John Favreau and Dave Filoni? I and you know what? I'll take it. My unpopular opinion. This is not actually unpopular. I'm just being a shithead. I like Dave Filoni a lot as a writer and as a storyteller. And I honestly don't have that much beef with John Favreau. I do. I think there's there's some some commentary I can make on John Favreau as a writer. But by and large, I have enjoyed things that have been put out by that duo. But it's like Jesus Christ, the amount of like nuance that we could be getting that we just don't get because of their perspectives. And I'm not being like white men can't write good stories, but like it would just be nice to have even a little bit of perspective. I would just love to see what that writer's room is like. Cause I'm like, do they have staff writers on the? I I don't know. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. So it's like, even if they just had like a, like a staff, like a team of writers, even if it wasn't like, Oh, we're bringing someone on, like at least having a writer's room would be nice.
2: Well, and also too like, even beyond their like their limited hashtag life experience perspectives. um ultimately, like if you're writing the same thing for a handful of years, it's gonna get a little bit stale. just like by default, you they are they are two people who are writing, I mean mostly one person, but like, I don't know, as much beef as I may or may not have with either of them, it's like ultimately you can only write the same story for so long and have it not go like a little bit stale. Also, read Dinjarin because I agree with Mel that I think the show would be better served if it were like about characters and not just about like this dude, which is, I don't know, narratively quite odd because the writing of the first and second seasons positions him as like the very center of the narrative. And then I think this season had a very difficult job of like sort of decentering him in order to tell a more interesting story. But that just feels weird for consistency reasons because you have these two seasons that are like, he is hashtag the guy. Like, I think because they were like, we want Bo and him to be friends, which to be clear, I support and I actually really love their their interactions. Like it's a highlight of the episodes for me. They lost the fact that it was kind of weird for, this, for the plot about the Darksaber, like who does it belong to? How do you acquire it, et cetera, being resolved with like basically a handshake. And I don't know, like- I'm not saying I wanted them to fight to the death because I didn't, but I just it's there's a lot of like tonal dissonance and narrative dissonance that I feel comes from the structure of the first two seasons versus these ideas and structures they want to explore now. So so it feels like a hard pivot, even though it really isn't. I just I think in the hands of perhaps more diverse and just like more writers in general, this could be um, handled a bit more elegantly.
3: I know people are going to step in and say, what about Rick? Because now it's Dave, John, and Rick. Great. That's another executive producer and who also is directing on some episodes. And like Ollie said, great. You're bringing in producers and directors. Who is writing the episodes? Uh, who's writing them? Um, again, once once again, the director can only do so much. Um, not to say that they can't. And um, Anyways support the wga writer strike um but (laughs) but like every time i'm like okay and like that that doesn't solve it also when we were saying like you can only write so much whatever the clone wars and rebels were good because it was dave was the showrunner of a show that had a writer's room had he had other writers contributing like he he was driving the ship but there were uh, there were a lot of other people on the ship right now it's just like a rowboat with like three people in it <laughs> well I, okay that's that is vastly oversimplifying how the production of television goes <sighs> okay but like there there was a writer's room for the clone wars there was a writer's room for for rebels and like you know like the dathomir arcs like that was that was the brainchild of a of a of a specific writer uh, or like whatever like it like not everything was like was dave um you know and there are like specific episodes of of rebels whatever that like isn't it the same writer who wrote both the blood sisters episode and the honorable ones i want to say it is i'm gonna go look it up but like epics and i'm like yeah we, we like even even they needed needed the help or whatever um anyways that that's all i had to say on on writing
0: does anyone mind if we pivot a little bit I would love to talk a little bit about some of the good things about this episode, and one of my favorite being bo and Din in their, like, president-vice-president president era. They're, like, Joe and Kamala of this generation. I'm um, imagining Din Djarin doing, like, the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs>
3: anyway... Say- Wait, wait, this, this implies that Dinjarin is standing there on the phone going, we did it, Bo. He literally
0: is. We did it, Bo. Are you kidding? That's literally him in this episode when he's talking to her, when she's like talking to Axe and he's like, you don't have the Darksaber. And he's like, actually, you did it, Bo. Here. Um, but, um, (laughs) no, I loved their dynamic. Um, I loved Bo-Katan being a little bit like, okay, guys, um we need to negotiate with these droids. And then Din being like, okay, well, I'm going to be crazy. And then they go talk to the Ugnots, and Bo's like, we need to have an issue. And Din's like, no, we need to negotiate. I just like, I adore these two characters together so much. Like they complement each other in such a fun, like interesting way. It just makes me so happy. Anyway, I can't wait for them to get married. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, I yeah, I really enjoyed the the whole buddy cop thing they had going on too, especially at the the droid bar too. When um, Bo Katan's like, "Okay, you had you did your thing, now I'm gonna do mine," okay? And then they go in, and she's trying to be all civil, and then just like, "What if I kicked your ass right now? What if I killed you?" And Bo's just like, "What the hell are you talking about? We're trying to have a civil conversation," and then. Din was like fully bad cop in that situation but i was just like oh my god i would kill to watch more buddy situation with them going on little um villain of the week um missions like they used to in the earlier seasons we gotta put those two in an escape
0: room
2: they would we be Yeah. They would dominate in an escape room.
3: Like they'd be out in like 15 minutes. I'm Actually, serious. Like can't Actually, I have to argue they wouldn't because they share, as we saw in this episode, they share the brain cell. They're just passing Don't, it back no, and no, forth. No, no,
0: no, I disagree completely. They just have different perspectives, which is what you need in an escape room. You need someone who's detail-oriented. You need someone who gets the big picture, and you need people who can switch it off. I'm just saying, Bo-Katan, when she was with Axe and Costca, I know it was taking them an hour to get through an escape room at the minimum. I know her and Din would get in there, and they would do it in like okay, 10 yeah. minutes. You know,
1: I said they would sacrifice Someone? That's actually Bo with like yeah, Costca and Axe and their the other besties before they'd go in the escape room and then the the person watching over the escape room would be like, You cannot sacrifice your friend <laughs> That is not gonna solve the escape room. That was them before, but Bo with din <laughs> is like solving the escape room like in fifteen minutes, yeah.
2: I feel like I feel like Bo and Casca and Axe were also the people that are like, "Is this the puzzle?" And they just like break part of the set, and the person has to be like, "Please do not shatter the table."
0: Which is Baba Booey. (laughs) No, shut up. I was literally just about to say, okay, in the world-changing game-changer season four finale, Lou Wilson goes. (laughs) <laughs> and throws a clock, no, throws a guitar against the ground and a clock. He basically breaks everything in the set. But I do feel like that is kind of Din jarrin vibes of like, he's like, okay, I'm collecting clues, but I will destroy everything in my path. I don't care. No, because we need to talk about how Din kicked those droids. I know he's kicking that like Penn State, like four legged droid creature you know what i'm talking about i the know the
2: dynamic dog like the, the, boss, the boss, horrible the robot <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: he i know he hate that shit, shit.
2: That. no okay because that scene was also the fact that they were like oh some of the droids are like kind of fucked up and he was like i've got a method to figure this out and his methods were waving his hand in front of them and then he goes that didn't work and starts kicking them in the shit
0: this is literally <laughs> okay perfect I can't- I said this to Ali when we were watching the episode, but it's only coming clear into fruition now. Y'all remember that episode of Rebels where they make... Rex have war flashbacks because they go to that <laughs> play with all the battle droids. Yeah, That's yes, kind yes. of what this episode no. was. Because, no, yeah. because all of those, because of those, the one the droids that Din was kicking, weren't those the ones that were like shooting his parents? Yes,
2: yes, yes. they were. It was those okay. like, exact droids.
0: Also, also fucked up that Rex is allowed to reference Cody in Rebels, but Bo Katan isn't allowed to reference Satine in the Mandalorian. I mean, he it? left women. the building. No, no, yeah. okay. You guys, you guys have not considered that Bo Katan fell down a flight of stairs bumped her head and it's almost like a memento-esque <laughs> a memento style moment where she has to have a photo of everyone in her pocket and she just doesn't have a photo of Satine oh my god Bo-Katan played by Guy Pierce.
2: <laughs> not to not to bring us back to our glia you but I just got a vision of Sue Sylvester pushing Bo-Katan down two flights of stairs
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that is Eli Vantos fat ass has knocked Bo-Katan down the stairs.
2: Bo Katan fell down the stairs with the Met Gala, not clickbait. <laughs> because, because...
0: Bo Katan has hit the World Trade
2: Center. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. She falls down the stairs and then Din is like, and see, this is why that we never take off the helmet, because your ass got concussed, but mine is perfectly safe.
0: Okay. Um oh sorry, Claudia, go ahead.
3: Oh, I just wanted to comment on you were talking about the Din and Bo dynamic earlier. Um, I know that you're like, yeah, they should get married, whatever. I have to stand up to the rising tide. I do believe they have a brother and sister dynamic. Um, I think I I do believe they have a brother and sister dynamic. I do believe they are serving Ollie's <laughs> Ollie's <is, laughs> Ollie making puke sounds into the camera. I'm uh, just joking, Claudia. I, I, I'm just kidding. I um I do think they have a brother and sister dynamic. Right like, they're kind of serving Luke and Leia a little bit. It's kind of fun. Kind of slay. Not in that <laughs> way.
0: We find out Din Jarn <laughs> is Corky Crees.
2: Oh, oh no, my god!
1: Corky, Corky is too old to be Din. Yeah, uh Claudia, you're saying that, and then why did I think of the fucking Folgers coffee commercial? <laughs> Stop!
2: is all in their Folgers copy commercial era. No. <laughs> oh, oh my no. god. Okay.
0: No. Um, God. you know what okay you know what i will say vis-a-vis their dynamic something else i did kind of think of is when Grogu is getting first of all when groku's getting knighted fuck the jedi Grogu does not need to be a jedi knight he is a knight of whatever the fuck this planet is called but here's something i did think of is when he got knighted din was standing like looking on proudly and bo katan had this like little smile on her face like she's like yeah that's my fucking baby and it made me think of um um, spoilers for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, but it made me think of Holga and Edgin raising, You're... raising like Kira together. Didn't Bo be Holga and Edgin coded? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's a perfect and like, um, perfect analogy, but I do think the idea of these two people platonically raising a child together is so silly. Like Grogu <gasps> needs a female influence in his life, and Bo-Katan.
3: She's not doing anything else, obviously. Oh, it's their buddy daddy's era. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I did also want to talk about like more Lizzo and and Groku, because I do think Lizzo is now one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Um, I love that she's like, oh, can I hold a baby? And then it's just like, he doesn't really like strangers. And she just holds up a little sardine or whatever the fuck like Come here, baby. And then he flips over to her and then is willing to like rig a whole croquet game for her. I'm just like, damn, what happened these few hours, Dan and Bocatan were buddy copping out there? Like where Grogu's like, I will cheat for you. I will cheat for you, mother. You wouldn't do mother the same Lizzo. if you met Lizzo? I mean You wouldn't do right. the same. You're right. I would also use my psychic powers I've been hiding from you all to help Lizzo cheat at croquet.
0: Um, I will say, on the note of Lizzo, a couple of things. One, I love that Lizzo was here, that she's been advocating for herself by dressing up as Grogu <laughs> and, amongst other things, to be involved. I'm so happy she's here. Also, I'm so happy that we had not one, not two, but three fat bitches on this episode slaying the Boots House down. Not being a joke, just slaying so hard. And like, Jack was Jack Black a little bit of a fucking oaf? Yeah, but that wasn't, it, the, the punchline wasn't his fatness. It was just that he was Jack Black. It was slay. Love, love, love it. Also followed by, this just occurred to me. I think much like um my dog, Lenore, who's afraid of men. I feel like Grogu just has an aversion to white people.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he likes, he likes, Bo-Katan the only white person he hangs out with. Mm-hmm. And that was, and
1: he no, was, when especially... the armorer
0: takes her helmet off in front of him, it's going to be, it's going to shatter his world.
1: <laughs> Much like how I felt when I heard Axe Woe speak more than like five sentences, like five words. Okay. Like, no, wait, wait, wait,
3: just, wait. Dude, we had the same thought because I was like, he's
0: British? What the fuck? No, me too. (laughs) Everyone. I was so scared because I was like, what the fuck? Fake. Fakes. Fakes. I tell you. Let's talk about Axe wolves for a minute because I know that the girlies at home probably think that I have a lot of opinions about it. I don't is the thing. I really could give less of a fuck about him. That being said. That being said. Aim nation we took a really big hit today. However, <laughs> however, I don't think we are down. No.
1: If he can get redeemed.
0: I'm not... Here's... Listen, I'm just saying. Now it's like Axe is going to be on their side. Axe, I feel... He fully knew he was not the leader. And I know Costco, when bo <laughs> showed up, she was like, oh, thank God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Claudia has put enemies to lovers in the chat. So true.
2: I would just like to say, I... I have very little opinion about Axe Wobes. However, I did think it was funny as fuck that he showed up in this goddamn episode because literally when he came on screen, I was like, you people can't be serious. (laughs) Like, you're actually going to let him do this.
0: (laughs) He has been plotting in the goddamn Wawa bathroom (laughs) for a year now.
2: When they were like, this is Axe. He's our leader. And I was like, your leader is someone named after a body spray that he probably uses way too much of. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear about it, Mandalorians. Let's okay. go.
0: That's, Axe that's- in the bathroom. <laughs> yes.
3: <am> <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why the other Mandalorians were like, okay, I guess we'll follow Bo-Katan," because they were already like, I'm a little shaky following this guy. He's kind of, he's kind of flop, yeah. but like, okay. So like when she was like, she beat his ass with it, They're like, okay, I'm listening. He was already kind of a flop. Like, I, I, I think there were leaks or whatever that said that he was going to come and they were going to fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wasn't surprised by it. But I was laughing when they, like, tried to make him all menacing. And I was like, Axe Wolves, the glup shido, you know, we've been joking about for two years.
0: <laughs> no, you could see it in Casca's face that she was, like, when Axe was getting his ass beat, she was like, oh, no. Oh, my God, Bo, you're back. Oh, my God. Can we get some girl energy in here? <laughs> no, okay, literally. Also, in the first scene where he's, like, i am not a crook um and costco was like okay anyways um are we gonna fucking get tom holland's brother's ass or no um yeah let's talk about that why why was that that was my that was my fantu and ziri no my live action fantu and ziri
3: Literally, when they were on screen, first of all, it's got to be a Clone Wars arc if they if they reference the fucking Water War arc of Clone Wars. <laughs> and she didn't say Mon Calamari either. She said Calamari. I was like, you know what? Star Wars is dumb. But then so someone on the TL was like, you know, it's a bri- if I had two nickels, which is Bryce Dallas Howard directing an episode where there are two aliens in love with each other. And I was like, shout out to Bryce Dallas Howard. She's the only Nepo baby I'm standing right now. But also the way that they came on screen, I went Fantu and Ziri. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> something, something came
3: over me in a way that I, I just read. I just read Convergence, so like I, yeah, something well, came over me.
0: <laughs> it doesn't help me that every time I read Charles Roy, I thought of Lee Char, and I oh, <laughs> kept, like I kept okay. having that thought. I kept calling him charl roy in this episode when i talk about lee char because mel and i were talking as we were watching it because i'm annoying and i was like yeah haha charl roy fuck that is not who i'm meaning to be talking about i'm so sorry king you would never do that
1: i i I liked when ax woes was crying in the bathroom
2: real do you think that he rides a pt cruiser
1: (laughs) (laughs) god he's such a loser (laughs)
0: i think my favorite thing about that joke is that i know nothing about be more chill i only know about that song
2: Damn. so i'm just
1: like... i know too much about be more chill so this is fun for me
0: oh i love that i think we should become a be more chill podcast <laughs> do we have any final like discussion things that we want to talk about
3: if sabine doesn't show up in the next episode luke skywalker style i will be coming to dave feloni's house thank you
0: Sabina and the Mandalorian would have more of an impact than Luke Skywalker and The Mandalorian, and I'm not afraid to say it. Honestly, I'm gonna say this. This is my controversial opinion. And I don't think this is just personal. Zeb and The Mandalorian had a bigger impact than Luke Skywalker in Book of Boba Fett. You're
1: not I wrong agree. and you should say it louder. My final thought My final thought was that I think it fun and campy, but yeah, it. John Favreau, I'm still in your walls. That's my final thoughts.
0: Guys, we made it out of the trenches. <laughs> now we can enter our enemies to lovers era. Welcome to everyone's favorite Roop Halps Pod Race segment, Name That Ship. This is a game. Where one of our hosts will bring a fan fiction that they found organically or that someone sent to them, and we will read off maybe the title, some of the tags, the description, some of the characters in it, and our friends, our esteemed co-hosts, will have to guess who the main ship is. Today, I have brought one that was actually submitted by Friend of the Pod at Claire Crees claire from fulcrum transmissions our bestie she has submitted this one to me so thank you so much i read this and i gasped i lost my shit this is rated teen and up i'm not gonna give you the title i, I i'm gonna have to give you um just the tags this is also an au um and this is like a crossover AU where it's like the Star Wars characters are in this universe. So you will have to figure that out. But this is character A slash character B. Character from this other thing, who if I say it, will immediately give it away. Character A, character B. Darth Maul. Asajj Ventress. Corky Kreeze. Alternate universe. Blank setting. Highlight Reel slash TV Broadcast, Ship Name Week, Live Audience, another tag that we'll give it away, Angst, Hurt No Comfort, Mandalorian Culture, Bloodbath, and then something else that I can't The, the
3: Hunger say. Games. It is a Hunger Games AU.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Are any of the characters in this from the Hunger Games, or it's just that they, we've played Star Wars characters in the Hunger there is,
3: Games? There
0: is one character from the Hunger Games. Um,
2: is it a man but- or a woman?
0: The character from The Hunger Games is a man.
2: Is it Gale?
0: (laughs) It is not Gale.
2: Fuck. You think I'm a
0: bitch? No, this is not like a main character in The Hunger Games. This is like a tertiary character who's like I'm not gonna get
2: that. Okay, wait, no,
0: no, it's not Coin. Coin is notably a woman. Let me (laughs) give you. Coin is a a
2: lady. I'll
0: give you a hint. So the other tags that I couldn't give away because they'd give it away are seventy third Hunger Games, angst, hurt no comfort, Mandalorian culture, bloodbath, victors. This. The summary. I'll just tell you who the Hunger Games characters is. Caesar Flickerman smiles brightly. His perfect perfect teeth and lime green hair glinting in the stage lights. Welcome back to day 14 of the 23rd annual Hunger Games. The audience cheers. Now, today, all our eyes were on the District 2 duo. And then this kind of nickname that they've given them. The crowd wars again. This is characters are in the Hunger Games. And... Caesar Flickerman is also
3: there. Okay, is the ship two men? No, two women. It's a man and a woman.
0: It's, it's a, a, man a man and a woman.
3: woman. Yeah, they're tributes. And and you said that Darth Maul and Ventress are also there. Like, are they other tributes? Yeah. So so, Ventress and Maul are both also tributes. Are they District One? I don't know. It doesn't say
0: what. Di- oh and no, he's he said- Maul is District Eleven. Interesting. Corky
1: is also here.
0: Uh yes. Give me one sec because I think Corky is from District Twelve. Corky,
1: (laughs) Corky,
2: Courtney, Courtney is Katniss era.
0: (laughs) No, I thought you just said Courtney. (laughs) Courtney Kardashian. (laughs) Well, if it's a man. Courtney, keep it up with the creases.
2: Okay, first of all, I would watch that. Second of all, I do love the idea of putting Courtney Kardashian in the Hunger Games. I you feel like if Obi-Wan any of them were the going to make it out, though, it would be her. So good for her. Yeah. Go, Wait, Courtney.
1: J- yes. Who were you going to guess? I said, "Is this Obi Wan and, and Satine?" Yes, it is an Obi Teen <laughs> Hunger Games <laughs>
3: AU. Oh, this makes sense of who the person who sent it. That should have been a hint. That's yeah. actually quite <laughs> way. Yeah.
2: So this is the.
3: This is the. Now I'll reread the summary
0: welcome back to day 14 of the 30 of the 73rd annual hunger games the audience cheers now today all our eyes were on the district 2 duo the negotiator and his duchess the crowd roars again district 2 they're from district 2 why is there in district 12 I, I, that's a great question one that is not explained wow interesting it is called fighting with your hands bound um it's really short i enjoyed reading it
2: wow um, okay, so I also have a fic that was submitted by Twitter user, I think it's Celine Quinn. It's C E L E N E and then Quinn. Oh no, actually on Tumblr, I just lied directly to everyone. Anyway, so I'll just say this: the actual ships in this fic are quite normal, but the context that they exist in is what's really entertaining to me. So there are there are two ships: there is character A, character B. And then there's character A and character C, and then character D slash character E. So there are two ships and one and basically. Um, the, ta- the characters, I really can't read any of these, I'm sorry to say, because they will, each and every one of them will displace what this is about. So I can't speak to that. But the tags are alternate universe, blank setting, Star Wars slash the crossover character C lives in blank in the crossover. So that's all that I can give you to work with. Basically, this is a very normal Star Wars ship that is in a very funny crossover universe.
0: Okay. Cody-Wan, very hungry caterpillar <laughs> AU. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, although Obi-Wan is one of like the tertiary characters in this. He's not in any of the main pairings though. He is okay. here though.
3: Is the main character, okay Annie Dollar Titanic, AU. <laughs> oh my God, okay wait. No. wait. Are all both ships all Star Wars characters? Or are they from the crossover? No.
2: So the oh. first ship, the first ship is from Star Wars. The second ship is from the crossover. Oh,
3: okay. Wait. The first ship, is it two men?
2: No. It two is a men. man and a woman.
3: The second ship, also a man and a oh, woman? Ugh, boo. Correct. Okay.
0: So wait, I'm sorry. The second ship, are they both from this other thing, or is one of them okay?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the first ship is two Star Wars characters. The second ship is two crossover characters.
3: Why was I just like Marley and Me? (laughs) Okay, wait, 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 Marley and Me. Is it a TV show?
2: It has been. It is not just a TV show, though. Oh, it's actually been lots of things.
0: Uh oh, is this a comic book character?
2: I think this has tie-in comics.
0: But it's, okay, it's not like this is, it's not like it- fucking Spider-Man. Like, they didn't no, come from no, 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 the no, comics. No, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no.
0: Okay. Is it- um, is it a movie? May- I'm asking when I say is it, I'm saying, like, primarily, like, the source material, the original,
3: is it a movie?
2: No, it is not.
3: Okay. Was the original a book? Also, no. So The original was a TV show.
2: Um, I'm trying to remember the timeline on this. I believe so, yes, but that's not what it's primarily known for. Oh.
3: Okay. Um, it's primarily known.
2: I'll give you. I'll give you. Video I'll give game? You, it has. I'll give you kind of a hint. Um, This is in part a, a toy franchise that also has <gasps> a ton of time material. No, it is not Transformers. It would be funny as shit, though.
1: Is it Barbie?
2: Okay. It is not Barbie. <laughs> it is not Five Nights <laughs> at Freddy's.
1: Um, Mario? My Little Pony.
2: Also, no, My Little Pony, I think, is warmer in terms of age group. Monster in. High. No, it's not a doll. It's not a doll. I should clarify it's not a doll.
3: I would have loved, if there's a Lego Monster Lego
2: Yes, it is Lego Ninjago. <laughs>
3: how so I know because Lego Ninjago oh. is really popular right now and for some fucking reason it's on my FYP all the time even though I don't know anything about it I have
1: not seen Ninjago on my FYP my that's crazy cool. a,
0: niche, a ni- <laughs> niche interest Claudia doesn't know anything about my,
1: my
3: second <laughs> guess was gonna be b- Bionicle so
2: no so uh, this is, this is a Lego Ninjago crossover <laughs> Yes,
3: so wait, it's a regular straight ship, is it
0: Hanley? <laughs> yes, it is. A Han- <laughs> Shut up! Are you serious? Yes. That's fucking everything to me. No,
2: I am not gonna make you guys Ninjago. guess the. I'm not gonna make you guys guess the Ninjago ship because I don't know that any of us are sort of up to date on, on Ninjago characters. <laughs> to my understanding, this is a very normal ship. It's uh It's Nia and Jay Walker. I don't really know about. Damn Ninjago it! I was War. gonna guess that. <laughs> okay, so but here's. The plot of the... First of all, I can now just... The other characters are Luke Skywalker, Leo Organa, Han Solo, Nia from Ninjago, Jay Walker, Kai, Zane, Cole, Lloyd Garmadon, Sensei Wu, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Lord Garmadon, also of Ninjago.
1: Obsessed.
2: Here's the plot of this fic that I'm really, really obsessed with. The summary is... What if instead of going to Tatooine to live with his aunt and uncle, he went to Ninjago to live with Sensei Wu? This is a fic wherein after after Padme's death, Obi-Wan was like, I have a plan. I'm going to travel to Lego Ninjago, which is canonically in this fic different than, like, like it's not like a planet in Star Wars. It is the, the Lego world that he goes to and is like, I'm going to leave Luke Skywalker with this little guy and then leave. And then I guess... At 19, Luke is like, I'm not from here. And he goes to the Star Wars universe from Ninjago.
0: I'm obsessed. With okay. It. I'm ki- I kind of love that. Fuck no. the Mandalorian. This is the show I want. No, yeah. literally. That is some like that is some like seriously demented body horror. Imagine living <laughs> your life thinking that you are a piece of plastic, <gasps> and then you like come into Star Wars,
3: and you're like, ah, I have skin.
2: Yeah, no, that'd isn't be an elf,
3: but worse.
2: Quite horrifying. <laughs> what part of Elf is he getting touched by the flash anyway?
0: <laughs> I've, uh, I've never seen Elf, so that could be real. I don't know. Oh like, is it Elf
3: a John Favreau production? That yes, it
2: is. Oh um anyway, yeah, Thank you for sending this fic. This was really blissful as an experience. I also just loved reading the words Lego Ninjago AU. Such a treat, honestly. Anyway, thank you all for coming on that, that little journey with me. That was really incredible.
1: Thank you so much for joining us this week for Roophelps Helps Episodes drop every Sunday. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at Roophelps Padres. Podrace. Want to ask us a, a question? <laughs> Send them to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr ask box, or email us at roophelpspodrace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast and tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps. May the force be with you and don't trip it up. Waka 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 waka